you. Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. <laughs> Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf, what's going on? Let me turn my microphone on and I'll tell you what's going on right now. You know what, Luke? Uh, I'm jacked up right now. A Thursday, of course. The most productive day of the week. Paul Calvisi, don't tell me it's Tuesday. It's Thursday, of course. We all know it's Thursday, the most productive day of the week because tomorrow's Friday. You're all jacked up. You're ready to go, right? Oh, yeah. You're you're ready to go. Hey, listen, you want to finish strong? If, in fact, you're one of these people, Basedonians, where you walk around at the office, you walk around on your job and you say, I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong this week. It starts on Thursday, where you finish strong. It's not Wednesday. Everyone thinks it's Wednesday. Everyone always says that, of course. It's, well, it's the precipice. You're at the top of the hill. It's all downhill from this point forward, right? Hump day! Definitely not Tuesday. Paul it's, says Tuesday? He says Tuesday is the most productive day of the week. That's what Polly says okay? Tuesday, all I, the time. I would imagine, like, an office job, you get through Monday, and you're like, all right, I get it. I got through Monday. You get there on Tuesday, and you're <laughs> Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> See, I told him Thursday. It's Thursday. Yeah, yeah, Friday's Thursday the sense. least productive. No, okay, yeah, everyone's like, it's Friday. You're going to mail it in? Is that what you're going to do, Luke, tomorrow? You're going to mail that in? Okay, great. Friday, of course. We all know you don't get a lot of productivity there. Thursday, you're all jacked up. You're ready to go. Here we go. You're going downhill. Yeah, you know what? It's two-man luge day, basically. That's what it is. Never heard it put that way, and i got to be honest, we're three minutes into the show, and as it turns out, Thursday has not been the most productive day. We have haven't talked sports at all yet. Look yes. at that. Okay. Wonderful. We're, we're ramping up here. Um, how about this? How about this for something to talk about? The Cardinals have permission to interview Sean Payton, which I know you guys got into a little bit towards the end of the show yesterday, but this has now switched over from fans seeing the biggest name and saying, hey, I want that guy, to the team saying, we do want to interview that guy. Yeah, want to interview that guy. They are definitely going to do that. So what was your reaction when you heard that? Just that this is getting a lot more real. You know, it's not like they're competing with 31 teams for Sean Payton. You're basically competing with what? The Broncos, the Texans, uh, depending who you believe, like Carolina's kind of already out of it. I don't know if I totally believe that yet, but it, you're only competing with a couple other teams. I do want to see what happens this weekend. If you really want the Cardinals to get Sean Payton, I think you probably want the Cowboys and Chargers to, to win this weekend just to be safe. Yeah, no, you're you're probably right about that. Um, you know, for me right now, the first thing you think of is, okay, are you going to take, are you going to take an interview that you really don't want to be associated with no are you gonna no you really you're not gonna do that I think right he's interested i i see this is the thing you have to ask yourself right now do you think basin earnings that sean payton is looking at the arizona cardinals as a serious destination or do you think he's just using them as leverage see the leverage thing is interesting to me because i'm not sure leverage 
is what Sean Payton wants, if that makes sense. Right? <laughs> it's not what he needs. No. This is interesting. <laughs> He's going to get paid either way. So, He's going to get paid. So leverage almost works to, against him because he's creating a bidding war that the team he's going to is going to have to give up more draft picks to his former team. So yes. if I'm Sean Payton, I'm just kind of I'm going through the process, but I don't know that I need leverage. He's created a lot of it, but he's getting paid either way. So he's really just hurting the team he's going to if he creates too much leverage. Just see, for me, as I look at it right now, he's totally serious about the Cardinals job. He's got to be. But, you know, like any other mercenary that's out there, and this is a mercenary league, never forget that, he's going to leave all his options open. He's going to do that, and it seems like a goodly way to proceed, of course, if, in fact, you are Sean Payton. But having said that, um, you know what? There are too many reasons why I think any coach would be interested in the Arizona Cardinals, and it starts with Kyler Murray. It does, and here's Sean Payton. This is during the 2019 Combine. Remember, everybody go back to 2019 during the Combine. There was the people that loved Kyler Murray. There was the people that were too concerned with his heights. Sean Payton was not one of those. His hand was nine and a half. That was significant. If it was in the eights, that would have been a little concerning. Nine kind of is a threshold for us. And look, his height would 5'10 change. His film is too good. You know, you know ultimate, ultimately, his film, when I say it's go, too go, go, good, go, go, go. and uh, I like him. Yeah, that was before the combine or at the combine? That, yeah, was, was, actually that was at the combine. At the combine right there. Um, yeah, I think he's totally serious, first and foremost, because he's got a extremely talented franchise quarterback. That's number one, that he believes, I think, if you listen to him, he could actually help based on the advice he would give him, based on what he would do with him schematically if, in fact, he were the head coach. So he's got a talented franchise quarterback. That's number one. He's got cap space right now. The Arizona Cardinals are number 10 in terms of teams that have cap space, and they could have more. Um, this offseason is going to be really, really interesting what happens. And he also has a roster where he's given all the freedom to do what he wants to do because you're losing a lot of guys. He can build this thing from the ground up. That was always my biggest hesitation when people are like, okay, they're going to go out and get Sean Payton. And it's not like they've gotten him yet. But to me, the biggest obstacle was you had a coach and a GM. And that's what most of these teams, okay, they don't have a coach, but they still have a GM. Or, you know, if the Rams, if, if Sean McVay steps down there because he's just burned out, you know, it's it's L.A. I get they won the Super Bowl two years ago, but they're kind of tied up in a lot of ways. You know, they've got an owner that'll spend, but do you want to be the guy who can't lead Matthew Stafford to the Super Bowl? Because Matthew Stafford isn't the same quarterback he was two years. Like, I just think there's a lot of mitigating factors and in, in, in a lot of these other situations. Whereas with the Cardinals, it's like you're moving into a new house. There's nobody else living in the house. You don't have to take on anybody else's furniture. It's your house. I like that. So that is absolutely a major. This is our house. Right. <laughs> I made right. you. I like that. No, that's. I like your your little analogy, right there. It's not a bad one. Not only that, too. Can I just say that? What? What are you laughing at? <laughs> I like your little analogy. It's not a bad one. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I just thought I'd go ahead and kick you in yeah, the cradle. Well, you know what, John? You, know, you want to take over and make a good point like that? You're going to pay for that. Well, then I won't you're make gonna, any more good points. You're definitely going to do that. And, and I also do believe, based on audience, too, that when you look at some of the veterans that are on this team, um, I think that makes it attractive as well. 
some yeah. of the guys that are already here, including Kyler Murray and DJ Humphreys, a left tackle, right? How important that is. Zach Ertz, James Conner, uh, Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, potentially, uh, Buda Baker, Jalen, it goes on and on and on. Uh, you know, they, there's, there's some guys here that are really good football players that you could also build that new roster around and that new culture around. Yeah, the guys, you're, that's a good point. The guys that are locked in here at this point are guys you're going to want. It's going to come down to what any of these coaches feel about Kyler Murray. And here's more from Sean Payton at the 2019 Combine. I don't think it's changed dramatically. He he seems to like Kyler Murray. I think having seen four games now, just an early exposure in the winter meetings, um, you don't feel uh, that being a deficiency when you watch this play. Um, man, he's explosive. He, he's one of those players that, you know, as, as Madden used to say, he was never it. You can't. It's, it's so hard to rush him because he can flush to the right, make a play to the left. Uh, you do feel a poise uh, that he plays with. I think the biggest things left, to me, the three biggest things if you're trying to get Sean Payton, is it an attractive destination for him in terms of control? It is. Does he like Kyler Murray? It seems like he does. Now, that is from 2019. I don't know. I mean, there's there's been some negativity around Kyler Murray, too. But I, I'm assuming Sean Payton looks and says, no, I can get more out of that guy than anybody else has. And then the third one is, can you agree to a trade package with the Saints? And that is a real obstacle that whoever gets Sean Payton is going to have to get through. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. Um, there are some other guys that are out there right now. It's not Sean Payton or Bust. And Vance Joseph is the only other guy that I know that has a shot to reach Kyla Murray. That That is my, just based on my knowledge of Vance, my knowledge of Vance and his relationship with Kyler, uh, the, the respect that he has inside that locker room, my knowledge of that based his culture. Um, I love that. And not only that, but the separation as a defensive minded head coach where he's got that built-in separation again, where he's not working with Kyler Murray, so to speak. Every day as his quarterback coach or as the play caller or as the offensive coordinator. He's not doing that. He's the head coach. And um, I respect the heck out of him. His football knowledge is there. So uh, he's the only other guy right now that I feel has a chance of reaching Kyler Murray. But here's the thing. The the organization is going to interview a lot of people, and they are doing that right now. You want to talk about the sense of urgency that's going on right now and how many interviews are going on with a general manager and some head coaches? Um, it's going to happen. There's no doubt about it. It's going to happen sooner as opposed to later, what is going on. But the good news is they're proceeding, I think, with the idea of one thing, and that is Kyler Murray and getting him right. And what are you going to do? And how are you going to build that culture? Where are we going to go from here? Either way, it's going to it's it's costing the organization of Michael Bidball a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna pay Cliff Kingsbury, you're gonna pay a GM to not be here. 
at that point, you've already committed to the money part of it. So why wouldn't you just go all in on Sean Payton if you can do it? Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back, the Suns keep losing. Sometimes losing can be a teachable moment. Can they actually take anything away from these losses, though? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, the Suns' one-game winning streak is over. It lasted about 24 hours. They go into Denver last night. They lose 126-97. Although, i, I got to be honest, Wolf, and, and watching that game and, and now talking about it, it, it almost feels like morally wrong to say the Suns lost to Denver last night because they don't look at all like the Phoenix Suns at this point because none of their players are playing. Yeah, it's a weird feeling, man. It really is. Look, there's Mikel Bridges. He's out there on the floor. Mikel look, is playing. Good look, everybody. There, There's Monty Williams. He's over there coaching. <laughs> and yeah, you know, the, the backups that we have um, become accustomed to, yeah, they're out there on the floor as well, but... Um, Man, it's it's starting to drag on me personally right now. They're tough you know, to watch. It's 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 hard um, to consider all of these injuries that have happened to the Phoenix Suns, and they're missing what six or seven of their top eight players. Yeah, um, it, it's brutal to not see the faces out there working together. And I just, honestly, I can't wait for this period of the season to be over. It, it doesn't even feel like, it doesn't feel like basketball season. Like it does because I'll flip on TNT and the Bucks will be playing the Celtics. But when I watch, watch the Suns play, it's like, it feels like preseason almost. If, if they do flip a switch here and turn it around and go on some run through the playoffs, they are exhibit A as to why the NBA regular season is meaningless to a certain extent or needs to be shortened or something because they're basically, and it's, it's not by choice, but they're basically, we're up to like two months here in the middle of the season where it's just kind of, yeah, we didn't have our roster. Like what other, could you, a football team, could a football team be like, yeah, we didn't have our team for two months, but then we went on a run and won the Super Bowl. We had yeah. all backups in there. Like, no, you would not get anywhere near the playoffs. You'd be done. Yeah, I, I guess, but you know, at the same time, honestly, um, I do believe that a team comes together during the regular season. I, we were talking about the Golden State Warriors. We were doing this yesterday. Tim, of course, sitting in for you. We were talking about that very thing in the season they had. The fact that they were 41 and 13, 41 and 13, all of a sudden they got decimated by injury. <laughs> Remember that Draymond Green, of course, and they were decimated by injury. Injury and suddenly they went 12 and 16 the rest of the way. But they won their last five games going into the postseason. And we all know what happened after that. It really is about getting your five best, your six best, your seven best players ready to go, healthy, going into the postseason. And, you know, right now, the, the dangerous part of this whole thing is that the Suns are fighting for a playoff spot. But there's a lot of basketball left to go here. There is a lot. 
lot of basketball, and I'm not at the point of... And yet, we bought you that panic button for one reason only. Yeah. I mean, you can use it for other sports, but that was bought with the Phoenix Suns in mind. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, yeah, but again, did, did you hear that I wasn't... I, I'm not there yet. Say it like that. That's I, my favorite one. Where he's like, panic alert. <laughs> what's, what's the accent right there? Panic alert. Oh, oh, that makes me panic more than the siren in the yeah, background. Yeah, you know, I, I just, I'm not at that point. I can't get there yet. I can't. When you have all these guys that are out for the Phoenix Suns, I, I you know, I realize, my goodness, <laughs> hey, there's only 10 teams that actually get a shot at making the playoffs, right, and going into the playoffs. And, you know, the, you want them in the playoffs? No, of, of course, we, we all don't want to see that. But, you know, there's so much basketball that is left right now. And I'm so thankful that the season is as long as it is. Because hopefully, once they get all five of their starters out on the floor... How nice will that be? <laughs> How nice will that be to see all five of those guys on the floor? And let's see, in the second half of the season, they can't get this thing going again where they look like the Phoenix Suns. I remember doing shows all those years where it was like, hey, maybe the Suns could get this guy to come to Phoenix. or Maybe this free agent will come to Phoenix. And stuff that just, you know, it's... it's it, it, and then really never came to fruition. But it was... that That is like... That is a, okay, that's a pipe dream. We hope we get this. This is just, can we have the players that are on the team all go out there and play basketball together? This is not, hey, you know, I hope whoever, I hope the Suns go out and make a trade for John Moran. This is not even over the, the offseason of, hey, I hope they make a trade for Kevin Durant. This is, how about the guys that are on the team get to play in a game together? Because mm-hmm. we've seen it, what, six times maybe this season? Cam Johnson's only played eight games, and I don't think the full starting lineup was in there around him for all eight. Maybe it was. At most, we've seen the Phoenix Suns starting lineup eight times all season. That's, we're 43 games in now, <laughs> That's, man. That is crazy. We are past the halfway point. That's crazy, man. You're right. There's a lot of basketball to be played, and, and if everybody was like coming back tomorrow... I'm not worried at all. They're a game out of six behind the Clippers, but they're also only a half game ahead of Portland, Minnesota, and Utah, who are ninth, 10th, and 11th right now. So they're only a, a half game up on being out of the play-in tournament, too. Yes. So you're fine right now, but if you're telling me that they're going to lose another five in a row, at a certain point, you're you're not going to be fine. Yes. Do we have the sound of James Jones talking about DeAndre Ayton and when DeAndre Ayton may actually make an appearance? Do we have that kind uh, right Here, there? I have this one talking about Ayton, Payne, and Shamit. They're day-to-day. Um, you could probably see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if those guys are back Friday, um, early next week. Um, you know, not that's not something that's long-term. Um, but we just have, you know, with so many bodies down, you know, guys are beat up and they're waking up in the morning. And some guys are feeling like they're 60% uh, one moment and, you know, 30 the next. So we'll, we'll continue to monitor them. But I'd say they're all, they're all day to day. I was so fired up when I heard him say Friday. <laughs> I was, he's going to be back Friday. Here, dog. Here we go. Okay, good. He's going to be back Friday. And uh, there's going to be some other guys that will be back Friday. But for me, it was DeAndre Ayton that really grabbed my attention, what James Jones said right there. And then he threw in or early. Next week. Yeah, I was going to say, he, <laughs> I didn't get a definitive was, answer out of that. <laughs> that was, what, he, you had me at Friday. 
James, you had me at Friday, Friday, Friday. And then all of a sudden, the early next week or early next week, he threw that in there as well. Um, I really hope it, it's not because if it is early next week, um, the conspiracy theorists of the Wolfley compound, they're going to kick in heavy, man. Mm. They're going to kick in heavy if, in fact, it is early next week. Why Why would, why would, I, why would well, I be me, concerned just, of that? Let me just read you honestly. the next two games for the Suns. <laughs> <laughs> January 13th at Minnesota, that's Friday. Or if he comes back early next week, that would be January 16th. 16th. At Memphis. 16th okay. being after the 15th. Yeah, after the 15th right there. Why would I say that? Being the um, conspiratorialist I'm, I'm worried that I that I'm am. starting to think like you in some of these <laughs> Okay, well, just, oh boy, D.A., your ankle. <laughs> your ankle. It's, there's, a, oh, there's a little swelling in there. Just make sure you're good past January 15th, <laughs> and then we'll see where this goes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying right now, um, that's ridiculous, right? Uh, I don't think they're trading DeAndre Ayton this season. I'm finding it harder and harder to believe he like spends his whole career with the Suns. But I've also learned over the last year, anything's possible. Okay. What would make you think that they're not trading him this season? What, what's the number one thing you think of as to why they would not do that? Because I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have an answer for you. I, and again, you know I love this guy. And yet, listen, um, you look at the cold, hard fact that this has gone pretty bad for the Suns. I do have an answer for you. Okay, what I'm, is I'm it? I'm not sure it's one you're going to want to hear. I think, I don't know how many teams are lining up to trade something valuable to the Suns for D.A. and his contract. I know that sounds like a shot at D.A. I don't mean it that way. I mean it as if you are, just pick a team that's that's out there. I don't yeah. know, just some team I from the Eastern this. Conference. And you're like, okay, uh, we like D.A. Okay, well, if you like D.A., you also have to give the Suns a lot. Oh, okay. And then you also have to pay him because he has just signed a max yeah. extension. Right. I think the Suns are going to get more, like he has more value to the Suns than he does in a trade because teams yeah. are going to be like, we're paying him. We're not going to give you much. I don't want to give him away in a trade. Man, I, I will tell you right now, this is such a great conversation because I promise you there are teams out there that say, we love this guy. Are you going to look at him? 20 and 18. Are you 20 and 16? Look at him. Look at the numbers he's putting How up there right there. How much do they love him, though? I'm just saying they love him and think, we can fix that guy. We can. This guy's got so much talent. There's somebody out there that is mesmerized by him and his talent, and they think they can fix him. You watch. But I don't want like their fifth starter for him. I want like pieces for DeAndre Ayton. All right, we'll get back into this uh, a lot, obviously, throughout the show. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. We come back. The final episode of Hard Knocks with the Cardinals was last night. Um, I don't know if I was inspired, if I was depressed by the end of it. We'll react to it next with uh, Hard Knocks with Hard Rockets. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I don't think it ever hurts to put an extra camera in somebody's face to try to get the best out of them. Previously on Hard Knocks. I'm tired of losing. Give me my heart. I'm tired of losing at home. We need to get this together. I love y'all boys, man. Let's go, man. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is Hard Knocks with Hard Rock.
Wolf and Luke on last night's episode of Hard Knocks, in season with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the final episode of Hard Knocks in season with the Cardinals means the final uh, segment of Hard Knocks with Hard Rock Wolf. You ready for this? No, All right. but yes, <laughs> let's do it. That's the spirit. Fastest, uh, I don't know what this is, eight minutes in, uh, in, in Hard Knocks history. Let's start with the show stealers. Show stealer. All right, uh, I went with J.J. Watt. Who did you go with? I went with co-show stealers. Oh. Okay, Cliff and J.J. Well, here's Cliff Kingsbury. You know, everything kind of happens for a reason, you know. You have to look at it like it's happening for you, not to you, and, and you know, you're learning every step of the way. And then here's, the, well, I like the music in the background there, too. Uh, it, it was... <laughs> Knowing everything that happened, obviously, to to watch the interviews they had put together with Cliff leading up to the last game, he was very retrospective, which he kind of is. He can be sometimes, too, in the sense of like everything, you know, we talked to him early in the season, week six, I think we asked him about, uh, maybe it was week seven, about if he thought he was on the hot seat at that point. And he was like, you know, everybody in the NFL is on the hot seat all the time. So I, I, I think in some ways he just always had that mental mindset of you're a coach in this league don't get too comfortable why did you go with jj on this uh just i mean he ultimately with with he had the biggest storyline just by the fact that he was retiring and that was like the one kind of fun part of of this past week was seeing how uh how jj watt approached that and how his teammates approached it this is uh jj talking to my jay sanders can't wait to this day well, I look forward to it. Maybe for the no, <laughs> no, no. I look forward to watching you, and I'll answer your calls and texts if you need help. <laughs> but I ain't gonna be out there to get you lined up anymore. <laughs> the part at the end, I'll answer your calls and your texts Yo. if you need help. Yeah, everybody on that Cardinals defense. Take advantage of that. Yeah, you know, once again, I went with the co-show stealers because of Cliff and JJ, and this is the abstract part of me coming out based on onions, but two endings and two beginnings. And I think we all feel how disparate those endings are and how disparate those beginnings feel as well. For me, um, just so um, different to watch uh, a guy like J.J. Watt and the career that he's had. When you think of the National Football League, you think of J.J. Watt. You think of players like J.J. Watt. And, of course, Cliff was a guy that was never embraced by the NFL Anati, as I like to say. They had it out for him from the very beginning. And those two endings and two different beginnings where Cliff goes on this, I would not be surprised at all. If Bill Belichick picked up the phone and called him and said, Cliff, why don't you come here and coach for me? That would be really interesting because the view of Cliff Kingsbury would instantly change. <laughs> In addition to, I'm sure he would he would get better, too. But I just, the, the perception would instantly be, even if he never got better. Wow, well, but he's coached under Bill Belichick now, so he must be amazing. Uh, on to the standout sound. Standout sound. 
right, uh, this, my standout sound comes courtesy of J.J. Watt, and it's kind of a long cut, Wolf, but I honestly thought it was going to be yours, because I thought that this, is, this has some Wolf to it, so we're going to play it right here. Nobody does it alone, man. Nobody does it alone. And people give me a whole load of credit, and I'm sure you guys are sick as hearing about me for the last two weeks, and I apologize for that. But I do want you to know I appreciate you. I appreciate every conversation. I appreciate every hug. I appreciate every single guy wishing me well. It means a whole lot. It really does. It means I didn't do it for nothing. And I hope you take something from me. I don't know what it is. I hope you take something from me and you pass it on to somebody else. Because that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's about what you pass on to somebody else. And the ripple effect that we create in this world. Try and make the place a better place. Whenever your day comes... You're going to miss this. You're going to miss the brotherhood. You're going to miss laughing in there, watching the game. You're going to miss dinners. It's special, man. Your high school buddies wish they could make it to college. Your college buddies wish they could make it to the league. Your buddies in the league that have been cut wish they were in this room right now. We got it good, man. We're playing the best game in the world. We're going to go out there in front of 80,000 people tomorrow. We're about to experience an adrenaline rush that nobody gets to experience. When you're done, it's over. Trust me, I was talking to my parents at dinner tonight. There's nothing in life that is going to replicate what you get to do tomorrow. Nothing. What am I going to do? I'm going to go to the casino? You know how much money I'd have to put on the casino to make it feel like I got a sack in a game? There's one legal way that you get that high, and that's this game. It's the best feeling in the world. And I only get one more shot at it, so I'm going to give it everything I got tomorrow. Oh, man, that is that is an awesome see you later speech by J.J. Watt right there. Um, there was an old saying when I was a player, ladies and gentlemen, it'd go around the locker room. What do you do when you've already done what you were born to do? Right, go. On. I mean, it's a little dramatic, is yeah. it not? No, but I, I mean, it makes you think. It, it does, yes. Um, you know what? There were some players talking about Demar Hamlin. Yeah, this was your standout sound. Like. This is uh, Kelvin Beachman, JJ Watt. We're praying for him, and we're trying to find a way to 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 play football in spite of. Um, but there is really nothing that can be done. Nothing that can be said. Um, nothing that can help change what what your eyes saw and, and what you felt when you saw it. Uh, it puts everything into perspective and I mean I obviously had a hard thing earlier this year and so for me as much as we like to act like warriors and we like to act like and give pregame speeches like we're big tough guys we never once take the field and expect something like that to happen nope that is so truth right there what about hard truth well the the my hard truth and we'll, let's get to that real quick hard truth <laughs> I, did I drive us into a wall? Is you, that what you're saying? You have done this. It was better this week. One week you just gave all three in one segment. You're like, oh, my hard truth is this. And then we just played all the audio. Uh, my hard truth is kind of what you just said, how, how obvious it was that so many players, everybody around the team was consumed with DeMar Hamlin updates, and they don't all know him. My other hard truth was seeing that Joe Montana play that Cliff wanted to run in that game so badly, seeing the genesis of it throughout the week, and then seeing it work for that A.J. Green touchdown uh, in the game, too. That was that was like the one high point on the field for the Cardinals other than J.J. Watt over the last couple weeks. Yeah, you know, for me, the hard truth was all good things must come to an end. Make the end good, as my old coach used to say. I love
love the way they finished artistically. It was so cool to see JJ and Hop hugging at the end. What a great way to end it. Yeah, Hard Knock's still a very well done show, even though I, don't, I, I think I'll enjoy it more when it's on a different team again. It's weird when it's on the local team and there was all this strangeness with the Eno stuff and whatever. On, on to the uh, Wolf Count. The Wolf Count. Two. Two wolves. That's two too many. <laughs> I think they heard you because for a while there was like 11 wolves. And you kept saying, that's too many. So they trimmed it down to two. Uh, we can get more into Hard Knocks later on in the show, but we are horribly late for a break right now. So join Burns and Gambo today from 2 to 6.30 at Sanderson Ford as they cap off the Big Red Rig giveaway. They'll be giving away concert tickets and movie passes and special guest Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman Will Hernandez will be there signing autographs from 4.30 to 5.30 when we come back. Uh, how about the Suns get some of their injured players? Players back, maybe? We'll find out uh, what James Jones had to say about that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, back over to the Suns. One of those moments, Wolf, where we started the conversation we really wanted to get into before, right as we were going to break. Yeah. So I don't want to do that again. I want to get into the DA stuff uh, quickly here, but I, I want to I want to make sure we play this clip from James Jones because if you're like me, you've been wondering what happened to Cam Johnson, who uh, was out one to two months, and one to two months has passed, and now yeah. we are in month three. So James Jones was asked about Cam Johnson uh, on Burns and Gambo yesterday. He's in the latter stages of it, um, but. You know, as far as a definitive timeline, I don't have anything. Um, I, I do know um, at some point soon we should get him back. I, I just can't tell you if that's going to be in five days, ten days. Uh, but every day he's getting closer, and, and it's really determined by what you see on the floor. He's out on the floor pregame. Um, he comes in the back, he's feeling better. And, and when we get to the point where he's completely good, um, you guys will know quickly. Hey, look, it's not James Jones' fault. In fact, I'm sure James Jones is more frustrated or you know ready for Cam Johnson to come back than any of us. That was James Jones' guy. Like, if you point to one guy, it's like, who did he draft? Where did he go out on a limb? Cam Johnson has been his biggest win in that regard. Uh, but they need him back here at some point. It's it's he's missed. He's going to have missed half the season. <laughs> half the season. I, you know, first of all, when it when it came down, I, I've never heard that. We've talked about this before, but I think you got to set the table all over again when you talk about Cam Johnson. When it came down one to two months, I, I never, <laughs> I never heard that before in regard to one to two months. Um, in regard to how long he would be out, uh, that's a wide window of uh, of uncertainty. A month. And usually they're much more precise when it comes to the time that they expect somebody to miss. It doesn't mean that it's always the case and they're infallible, but one to two months was weird to begin with right there. Um, Cam Johnson right now, you have to wonder, uh, he went on this road trip, the massive road trip. They just came off and he was there. He was out there on that road trip and he was practicing with them. And he, I thought that meant, boy, he's, He's got to be close. Yeah, I, I did too, because especially because it lined up with their their timeline. Maybe the Suns should just stay away from timelines. There was hashtag the timeline like in 2017. I hated that, and then this timeline with Cam Johnson doesn't seem to be working out. Um, 
Look, obviously, you're not rushing him back. And under normal circumstances, the team would be fine. And it would be like, if it takes another, if it takes a third month, big deal. We'd rather have him healthy, big picture. Uh, and they're still they're not going to rush him back just because they're losing games. But I also maintain that with, with him, it's, it's not like Devin Booker. They need Devin Booker back to win games. But Devin Booker doesn't need the reps in the regular season as a starter. He's Devin Booker. He's gotten his reps. Cam Johnson is not like a rookie, but he has not been in this role where he's one of the five starters for a full season and there's responsibility that comes with that. There was the expectation this season that he was going to take a major step forward. If they're going to win in the playoffs, which is still how I'm viewing this, they're going to need Cam Johnson to be better this year than he was last year. He wasn't bad last year, but he was your first guy off the bench last year. So I just it's you can't be bringing him back like April 1st and be like, oh, he'll be fine for the playoffs. Like, yeah, I guess when yeah. when you're out in the second round again. Like, <laughs> I thought we were trying to, to get better. Again, it's not anybody's fault. It's just the way this is playing out. It's frustrating. Yeah, and I just cannot wait to see this team get healthy once again where they can start working on their culture, start working on who they are. And again, I don't mean to dismiss people like Dario Saric. Are you kidding me? This guy this guy has has played very, very well. Um, I'm not dismissing anybody that has run out onto the floor for the Phoenix Suns over the last few uh, games. I like but these guys. I just don't like them being the whole starting I, line. I, that, well, I mean, and that's where I was going with that. They all have a role to play. Ladies and gentlemen, I was a role player. I mean, that's what I was. I, I went to the Pro Bowl four years, and yeah, that was great. But I was a role player, and my role was to knock somebody's face off, <laughs> including role. including my own, <laughs> uh, on multiple <laughs> occasions. So, you know, I was a role player. I do not speak of these guys with, with any type of dissatisfaction or disrespect. It's not what I believe at all. I know how important role players are. To a, to a football team, a hockey team, to, to a basketball team, baseball, whatever it is, you've got your role. Be the best player you can possibly be in what they ask you to do. Um, but right now, it is, you, you, I, I am a little concerned with the lack of the starting five playing together. When will this happen? Now, again, I'm encouraged slightly because of the Golden State Warriors. Just the fact that they did. They were 41 and 13. Then they went 12 and 16 the rest of the way. 41 and 13 in their first 54 games and 12 and 16. They won their last five going in. That's where they got hot. Um, I know you can't compare the two teams and the Golden State Warriors. You're talking about a team that has the, the greatest legacy and legend a dynasty through and through and the Suns have not earned that but we're not we're not going if the Suns are healthy and playing good basketball in March and they go into the playoffs as the five seed we're not going to care about what happened in December other than I would like Cam Johnson to get more reps uh, but right now they are not in that spot and so until some of these guys come back I mean I think it's going to make it harder for them to make trades that's a whole different conversation although we can kind of get into it right here because when we were going to break before 
You think teams would line up for DA if they were making a trade? I, I'm not. I'm not sure about yeah, that. I'm not going to say line up. I don't think there's going to be ten teams that are going to line up for DA. I think there's three or four teams out there that look at him and say, "I'm telling you, this guy has got the raw material. Whatever it is that the Suns are doing with him, they're mishandling him. They don't know how to coach him. We can fix this guy. We can get the aggressiveness out of him. We can get the physicality. We can get him to play like this." They don't know how to do it. We do. I will promise you right now, there are general managers out there that look at DeAndre Ayton and watch him play and say, you know what? That dude is a freak. And we can fix him. You know why? You know why I know this, ladies and gentlemen, because there's always one, two, three, four general managers in every league that's out there right now that thinks that guy is so incredibly talented. And if we can just get them somehow, some way in our house, we can fix them. I think what's what I'm wrestling with with Da. He's got freakish talent, Luke. He, he does, and and I was always of the belief that he was in the best place for him, the best situation. Da on a really good team. Look, Da, when you have those great nights, Suns win those games because mm-hmm. you're on a good team, and, and these guys like you, and you like them. And when you have an off night, they can kind of cover up for you because he is up and down. And when he's on, he he seems unstoppable, and this team feels unstoppable when they're at full strength. I know he had a good game, you know, a week or two ago, and, and they still lost because. They don't have anybody else out there but just in general i always felt like he's in the best spot or one of the two or three best spots for him i'm at least now open to the idea that i'm interested in what it would look like if he were the best player on a team like i wonder what he thinks of that i'm not saying trade him i'm just saying (laughs) if he were the best player on a team maybe they would run more of the offense through him maybe he would thrive in that situation i always thought and i and i to be honest, still lean this way, but I'm just more open to maybe being wrong on this. I always thought he was in one of the best spots for him because they can make up for his mistakes. Sure. And when he's on, it, it almost immediately translates into a win. But I do wonder what he would be like if he were just on Charlotte or something. He wouldn't be the best player, I guess, with LaMelo. But if he were on a team where he was like option option A or like right there with option A. There are so many fans that are out there as well that they, they see the talent of DeAndre Ayton and all of a sudden 20 and 16, 24 and 16, 24 and 17. You know, you see him go out there and post numbers. Um, but it's amazing when you truly do watch the how of DeAndre Ayton. Um, yeah, I can see why he's a mad gang. But I guess the flip side to what I just said what if they were exactly where they are right now? They have all these injuries. They're 21 and 22. But D.A. was just going off every night because he's the guy right now. Because he kind of should be. Everybody's hurt. Um, that would be... And maybe I just answered my own rhetorical question. Was, I didn't was that happening? To. Yeah, was that happening? It wasn't. No. It wasn't. And, and, and maybe that's just... Maybe, maybe he's a better fit somewhere where Monty isn't his coach. I don't know. I don't know. I really, D.A. is, is one of the greatest mysteries in Suns history. Mm-hmm. Isn't he? I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to like, not trying to be overly dramatic there. All right, when we come back, could Sean Payton actually be coming to Arizona? We're going to discuss that next when Lorenzo Alexander joins us for the lowdown. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.